Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I chat with Marissa Vicario. Peaceful Power Podcast is here to help you live a movement-based lifestyle, utilizing fitness, yoga, and Ayurvedic techniques. Each week, I will bring you a motivational guest or a solo show geared to help you take action to live that peaceful, powerful life. So Marissa is a certified integrative nutrition health coach and a woman's health and lifestyle expert. She has helped women trust themselves to make nutritious, slimming, and energizing choices without relying on fad diets so they can change their relationship with food and turbocharge their health in a way that's fun and fearless. And Marissa has a book out, um, which we chat about towards the end of the interview. I also love this book title. It's called Your Holistically Hot Transformation. Embrace a healthy lifestyle free of dieting, confusion, and self-judgment. So Marissa and I chatted all about um, a lot of nutrition talk. So we kind of are wrapping up our nutrition month, um, you know, just talking about just simple changes that we could be making um, with our nutrition or with our diet choices. And then, um, you know, how to cook more at home versus ordering in. So if you're kind of stuck in that loop. And then we talk about abs made in the kitchen and what that kind of means and how to embrace that as um not necessarily your philosophy, but how to embrace that in general and understanding that uh, working out and nutrition go hand in hand. So without further ado, here is today's interview with Marissa. Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. Today I have Marissa Vicario on with me and um, we are going to chat some nutrition, fitness, and some mindset again. So I want to get to know you a little bit more, Marissa, and can you tell us about your personal background and I really want to know about ditching the diet mindset and how you went about that. Yeah, so I um, I started out my career in public relations and marketing for a technology startup, um, and I worked both on the agency side and also in house. And I enjoyed my job, but I wasn't like feeling really fulfilled with what I was doing. And I had a kind of a side interest in in health and nutrition, and um, had kind. Of over the years, learned about this career, and granted, this was um, probably 15 plus years ago. So I learned that there was something called a health coach, um, and that you know I could actually like work with clients and teach them how to eat healthier. And I thought that sounds so cool. That sounds exactly like what I'm supposed to be doing. So I was really kind of um, trying to figure out how I could make that happen. And I ended up um, finding the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and enrolled in that school um, and became a health coach and started my business. Mm. Yes. And if anyone's listening, can you tell a little bit more about like the INN um, program? Because I know I've actually had a few people reach out about that um, and just any experience that you have with them. Yeah. So, well, I went to, I went, I graduated in 2009. So um, quite a few years ago. And, um, it was, it was a really wonderful experience for me. Um, I would encourage anyone who's interested, um, to reach out to me. I'm happy to tell them more about it and talk about my experience. Um, not only did I learn nutrition theory, um, I also, they also help you get your business up and running. They help you, you know, with marketing. Um, I was able to write my first book, um, through a course that they offered. I was, um, 
I met many wonderful people. I was able to connect with people in my local community who are also going through the program um, because it is an online program. Um, they have conferences, you know, at least once a year, I believe. So again, you can connect with people live and meet people from all over the world who went through the program. So it's just a really wonderful community. Um, probably, I always say it's the best decision I've ever made. And I learned a lot about myself. Um, and it's given me a fulfilling career and a, a life that like I never thought I could have. So very cool. Um, now kind of on to like some basic tips for women, you know, who are looking to kind of create a healthier approach to their relationship with food. Cause I think a lot of, you know, women in particular struggle with that and, um, you know, not labeling foods as good or bad. And, you know, how can you kind of come about or come out of that just relationship that they, or some people listening might have with food right now? It's looking at your personal life from a holistic perspective. So not just looking at the foods that you eat, but also looking at all those other areas that I mentioned. There is no, there is no way of eating perfectly and there are no foods that are good and there are no foods that are bad, but food is fuel and you can choose to fuel your body with clean energy <laughs> or you can choose to fuel it with garbage, but what you put in is what you're going to get out. But I think that we, um, get, it's, it's, we get stuck in a cycle and it's just sort of training your mind to think differently and behave differently and also accepting yourself when you do slip up because nobody's perfect all the time and you can't be, you know, you can't eat perfectly a hundred percent of the time. In fact, you shouldn't, um, you should, you know, have some things that, you know, you enjoy that maybe don't fall in that, you know, clean energy category uh, <laughs> every once in a while. That's okay. And, you know, just being, being really accepting of yourself and, and understanding, um, how food makes you feel and, and, uh, Yes. Those are, those are some good advice. I think and just noticing how you feel after you er eat certain foods. Um, I think that makes it a big difference as well. Yeah. I mean, I had a client, um, just recently actually, um, going through my program and she, um, she had a, an, a she, not everybody needs to eliminate gluten. And I will say that right off the bat, but she had a very specific sensitivity to gluten and her doctor had told her to eliminate it. And that was very frightening for her. First and foremost, I mean, she was super scared because that meant that she had to come up with a completely new way of eating. She, you know, enjoyed her cookies and her cakes and lots of different things that she knew that she wasn't going to be able to have. One of the reasons and what we discovered through us working together is one of the reasons that she was so dependent on a lot of those foods were, was because they helped to get her through a difficult time when she had to um, take care of a sick parent and then ultimately um, through the loss of that parent. And when she started eating differently um, and she started choosing healthier foods that were gluten-free and she realized that one, she felt better, not just she had more energy, but she was experiencing pain in her body from eating gluten. So once the, her, the pain started to subside and, and she just, you know, she wasn't getting stomach aches and, and she could exercise again and all these things, um, started to happen in her life that she wasn't able to experience before she was like, I don't even want to eat those things anymore because I feel so good eating this other way. And that's what we really want to get to. That's the point that we want to get to where we feel so good choosing, um, the better for you foods that the ones that aren't so good for you don't even seem appealing anymore. 
Yeah. And that's, I mean, that was a great example too, of like food is tied to a lot of emotions and experiences that we've had. And so that would be something, you know, obviously for that client, you know, that was tied to a parent, you know, and I think that sometimes we just get into those cycles or we don't really know why we are craving this food. And then you're like, where did, when did this craving start? Oh, it's connected back to some sort of, you know, trigger or emotion that you've had years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think once you find out that that's a key point and, you know, turning that train around and figuring out, oh, okay, there is a different way. Yeah. And that's, I think where coaching is so helpful because it can really help you peel back the layers and understand. Yeah. Um, You can go there when you don't want to go there by yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Um, what about for people who are used to maybe like they're ordering in all the time and they're not really wanting to cook at home. Cause I saw that you encouraged a lot of, you know, cooking at home. And I personally, I love to cook at home, but I grew up on a farm where there was no ordering in cause there was no restaurants nearby or even fast food. So, um, like I'm grew up that way. And so I forget even now that I can order in, but most people don't have that experience. So how do you kind of get people out of that pattern? Meal planning, man. I mean, yeah. meal planning is like, you know, I think what happens is we get so caught up in our busy day-to-day lives and we don't realize that, yeah, we actually do have to sit down, carve some time out. It's time that you're investing in yourself and your health, really carve some time out and take some time. And it doesn't take a lot of time. I mean, I have a a section in my book entitled meal planning in minutes. (laughs) Literally, I mean, you can do it and five to 10, 15 minutes, you know, a week. Um, so just, you know, sitting down, planning ahead, um, you know, for the meals that you're going to eat that week using leftovers. Um, I was just thinking this morning, you know, I made some, um, I made some pesto last night, no, two nights ago, um, that I used on some, um, zucchini noodles, um, for part of my meal and I had the leftover pesto and I stirred that into scrambled eggs this morning. <laughs> um, so, you know, using my leftovers there and then I ended up, I think I made more eggs than what I, I my eyes are a little bigger than my stomach. So I, I made too many <laughs> eggs and I, you know, I realized I was feeling satisfied and that I wasn't finished with my eggs. So I boxed those up and I was like, you know what, I'll have those, you know, tomorrow for breakfast, I know that I need to go teach. I teach bar classes. I have an early start tomorrow. I have to teach in the morning. So I'll just keep those up. And I know that might sound, some people have been like, that sounds gross, but it's really not. Like, <laughs> it's a matter of convenience over, you know, grabbing something quick like a muffin, which again, is not going to fuel me properly. Um, so yeah, just planning ahead, using your leftovers, um, and just taking that extra bit of, a little bit of time. Um, to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And this is for, this is for me. Yeah. I mean, that's as soon as you said use leftovers, cause I just made did the same thing. I made like this veggie egg scramble for lunch and I made way too much of it. And I'm like, well, I can have that for breakfast tomorrow. You know, and sometimes we don't even think, oh, this could be a perfect breakfast idea in the morning. Cause I think sometimes, you know, breakfast can be either the forgotten meal or, you know, like just run out the door, grab a piece of toast or whatever's fast and easy for people. Mm-hmm. And so even just being like, Oh, I can have lunch for breakfast. That's totally fine. Exactly. And sometimes I will, I mean, most of the time I, I mentioned that I accidentally made more, but most of the time I will usually on purpose make too much so that I do have leftovers. Um, and I don't have to, to start from scratch and reinvent the wheel for the next meal or, or for my, you know, for lunch the next day or 
or what have you. And the other thing I wanted to say is that breakfast doesn't always have to be breakfast food. So you can have your dinner leftovers for breakfast. There's no shame in that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you don't have, we think of breakfast as being either something, you know, kind of carb heavy or mm -hmm. eggs or what have you, but you know, it can be your leftover salmon and broccoli from the night before. Um, yeah, I mean, how many times have we probably had like a piece of pizza for breakfast when we were in college, you know? Well, right, yeah. <laughs> you're like, we've done it before. Just you're like, oh, okay, purposely doing it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, one thing that I hear, um, you know, quite often, I'm sure a lot of the listeners have too, are abs are made in the kitchen. Um, and then, you know, people probably hear it, but they're like, what exactly does that even mean when we say abs are made in the kitchen? Can you kind of explain that a little? A personal trainer once told me that, um, 10% exercise in 90% what you eat, or maybe it's 80, 20, but still, um, what really I think matters, I mean, you can do every workout or any workout out there that claims to be the most effective workout. But to me, you know, what really makes a difference between getting, you know, you'll see results, but if you really want to up level your results and get, you know, the results you're really going for, you have to pair exercise, strength training, cardio, you have to pair that with a healthy diet. Yes. I mean, I couldn't agree more because that's the same, you know, that I see with clients. Cause if they're, you know, doing workouts, but they haven't changed, um, you know, what they're eating, then there's usually, you know, kind of a disconnect there. And I'm like, well, you can't, I don't like to look at it like you're burning off food. That's why I'm going to do a workout, but really, you know, kind of looking at, okay, you know, what am I eating? What do I need to change to make these results happen? And, um, you know, sometimes it's simple things that like an outsider can spot, but sometimes you can't even spot in your own diet. Cause I have a lot of times people will be like, I'm eating great. I'm eating clean. And then I'll look at it. And I'm like, you know, I totally understand. Cause this is a lot of the times the marketing that, you know, gets to us like this, you know, bar is healthy. It says it is, you know, or the labeling on a package, it says that it's this. And I'm like, yeah. And then there's these hidden things that, you know, like the sugars or, you know, this has got a lot of carbs and this has got actually a lot of calories for this meal. And you're just kind of looking at some of that and people are like, Oh wow. So I think that that's also super true with, you know, just the food and exercise piece. Yeah. And I mean, to add to that, you know, a lot of times people will, um, especially a lot of my clients who are used to relying on those foods of um, convenience foods, what I call them, um, you know, they'll say, well, you know, look, it's only 200 calories. And, and I say, well, you know, let's not look at that part of the label. Let's look at the ingredients. Mm -hmm. yep. That's what you need to look. I don't care how many calories and fat grams and carbohydrates it has. That doesn't matter to me. I, I actually never look at that. What I look at is the ingredients. How, like, what what's in here and if you look at it a lot of the times it is um either stabilizers to keep to keep it shelf stable um okay. you know factory created stabilizers or um sugar <laughs> so there's so many different names of sugar um maltose and uh, you know i could go on and on with all the different names of sugar and there's typically two to three sometimes more different types of sugar in in these packaged foods and we just don't realize it because we're not looking at ingredients on the label. Mm -hmm. Yes. I, yeah, I totally agree with that as well. Cause I have, um, there's a registered dietitian that works at this gym that I train clients out of as well. And so I'll ask her on occasions if I'm like, Hey, this is what I'm getting from this product. Can you just double check the label for me and let me know if you see anything that I don't see. And 
you know, that's always great for me. Cause then it's always a teaching tool. I'm like, I don't even, never even heard of this. And she's like, yeah, this one, the new marketing or the new sneaky way that they're putting stuff on labels. And you know, like the average consumer, we, you don't have someone like that probably, you know, offhand that you can easily ask these things to. So you can see why it gets hard. And it's confusing, you know, for people who are just like, I don't know what to do anymore. So, um, you know, in your eyes, you know, why do you think that just kind of diets or, you know, just people just giving up in general, you know, why do you think that happens? And is there any advice you can give to someone if they're like, I just am totally lost now at what I should be eating? Yeah. I mean, well, I think the diets don't work, um, mostly because, well, let me first talk about why people are attracted to diets. Diets yeah. offer a specific set of guidelines to follow in the absence of knowing what to do on our own. And anybody can follow those guidelines for a specific amount of time and see results. However, what diets don't teach us is how to create a lifestyle from these guidelines. Um, so, you know, for example, you know, you can have a diet that tells you what to eat, at what time, and how much of it. But what it doesn't tell you is how to know, how to distinguish hunger and fullness. How do you honor your body's hunger and fullness cues? Because that, that specific amount might be too much for you. And, but you might say, okay, I need to eat that amount. Mm -hmm. and it's actually too much, or it might be too little. And maybe you need more food and you're going to end up starving yourself, mm -hmm. um, starving your body of the nutrients that it needs to actually get the results that you want. Um, but what if you're not actually hungry at that time? It says you, you, the diet tells you you have to eat at noon, but wait, I'm not hungry. Should you really eat? Probably not. Wait until you're full, until you're hungry to eat. Um, so that's kind of what, what diets don't teach us. Um, where to start? Just start with whole foods, real foods, anything that's not in a package. Um, go to your local farmer's market, go to your local grocery store and, you know, try a new vegetable, try a new leafy green. Um, maybe, maybe you see collard greens there all the time and you've never tried them. Um, but you're curious, pick them up, Google, Google them, Google a recipe, collard greens recipe, see what you come up with and, and give them a try. Um, I, you know, the way I learned to eat healthier is by, just exploring. I actually joined, first I, I would go to Whole Foods. I would take, you know, a bi-monthly trip to Whole Foods and stock up on things that I needed. Um, and I would just, I would have all these vegetables and I would just have to make them. I would have to cook them because I wouldn't let myself order in or go out to dinner. Um, I had to use the food that I had in my kitchen because otherwise it was all this money that was hard earned that I, you know, I was on a budget. I was young. I was on a budget and I, I, and I still am, but <laughs> I didn't want that money to go to waste. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I had just had to, you know, kind of force myself and I would just like, I would just steam things at first. I would just steam my broccoli and you know, it was kind of boring, but it's also kind of fun because I hadn't ever eaten that way before. Mm -hmm. um, and then I joined a CSA community supported agriculture. And that was really fun. Um, because I was, again, I was forced to kind of experiment with foods that I had never tried before. I think that was the first time I really bought kale. No, that's not true. I, I had bought kale before, but, um, maybe like Swiss chard. That was the first time I'd ever had Swiss chard. And so I, you know, kind of forced me to, to try it and, and create a recipe with it and just kind of, um, 
kind of get my hands dirty and, and play around with things. You make mistakes, but that's okay. You know, like I burned things. I overcooked, <laughs> I oversteamed my broccoli. It was like mush. <laughs> Done that. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. It's okay. It's all part of it. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's great advice. And that's why I always tell people too. I'm like, go to the produce aisle and just kind of just look at stuff and pay attention what's in season. And if there's something new that you're like, I don't even know what this is, you know, maybe buy it. And again, super easy nowadays to just Google, you know, what it is, what recipe, what can I make with this? You know, you can do it on your phone in the store, even if you want to make sure you have all the other ingredients on hand. Cause I, that's the one thing I do like, you know, about the technology now you're just like, Oh, I can just plop, plop, plop of my phone and I got stuff all ready to go. So, you know, using stuff like that to your advantage, I think definitely helps, um, when you're trying to explore new foods and new ideas. Yeah. Likewise that, you know, at a farmer's market, um, yeah. Asking the farmer themselves. Yeah, talking to the farmer. Or if you do, if you join a CSA, which I would actually recommend, if you join one, join with a friend and share it because it's typically a lot of vegetables. And sometimes I found it was it was even a lot for just me and my husband to finish uh, just the two of us. So try to you know maybe split it with another family and that kind of helps with the cost also. But usually they'll have like a newsletter or a handout or something there that also has recipes that feature um, whatever the um, vegetables, at least one of the vegetables that you're getting in your, um, in your share that week. So that's another, you know, cool thing too. Yes. Now, um, I want to talk a little bit about self-care because I know that that plays a vital role in um, what you teach as well. And uh, just for anyone who's kind of like, well, why should I do self-care? Or, you know, like, I think a lot of the times we think of self-care as like taking a bubble bath, you know, but can you explain a little bit more about, you know, why it should be important and what are some ideas of self-care for women? I, you know, I, I think self-care can be anything that you want or need it to be. Um, so it can be something like a bubble bath or it can just be, um, you know, saying no to um, something that you're not interested in doing. Like, you know, maybe a night out if you're, you know, not feeling like you want to stay home. Um, so, you know, it, it can be, it's meditation, it's, you know, exercising. It's really anything that puts you first, know how to take care of yourself, you know, whether it's to know, to listen, to know how to listen to your body, to know what or when or how much to eat, um, or to know which, you know, social situations feel best for you to be in that, you know, feel, you know, some people might feel drained in specific social situations. You don't want to put yourself in those situations. Um, so, you know, you have, you have to have a sense of, of self-awareness and self-care can bring us inward and, and help us to um, be able to do that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that also connects back to the eating because if you're more self-aware, then you also can pay attention after you're done eating too. Like, oh, you know, how do I feel after that? And it all kind of ties together, but it's, again, taking the time to do that and just knowing, okay, I am important enough to spend, you know, five minutes alone every day because I have a you know, a two-year-old and I know it's much harder when you have little kids, but you do have time. You just have to make the time to do it and just know that, okay, I am important enough to, you know, like I had one gal who was on the show and said she took a mommy time out in the closet occasionally. And if that's what you need some days, like that is what you need some days. And so just trying to make those, you know, just those little connections in your day to be like, okay, this is why I'm feeling so frantic uh, because I haven't taken time to, you know, even connect with myself at all today. 
Yeah. And that's the other thing, just kind of recharging your battery. Mm -hmm. Um, we cannot, and you know, I tell my clients who are moms all the time, like you cannot take care of your family (laughs) in the best way you know how, if you don't first take care of yourself, it's so hard. I know, especially with parents to take that time that you need for yourself, but it's, it's crucial. Even if it's five minutes a day, Yes. it's, it's crucial because you, you cannot give to the world, um, in the way that you want to, in the way the world needs you, if you're not giving to yourself first. So that's, Yes. Yes. And, um, now if people are kind of, um, wanting to know a little bit more about, you know, your services and your book. So your book is called your holistically hot transformation, embrace a healthy lifestyle free of dieting, confusion, and self-judgment. Like that is an amazing title. So can you tell us a little bit more about your book and where um, they can find it at? Yeah. So the book is, it's sort of just my journey, um, really. And well, it starts out that way. It's not all about my journey, but it's just about me. (laughs) It's, it's, it's kind of, it's talks, it's kind of walks through my journey and how I, um, how I changed my relationship with food and, um, became a health coach and talks about, um, it's really for people who want to, to live a healthier lifestyle. Um, but don't know where to start. It really kind of lays out the, the, um, lays it out for you and makes it easy. For me, it was all about making it accessible. Um, I didn't want people to feel overwhelmed because I know sometimes when you're wanting to make changes, it can feel overwhelming. Where do I start? So this book is, you know, how to do it, how to do it all, but not all at once. And, and that's kind of what it, um, what it is. And, and, um, people tell me it's very relatable. I, I, that's what I I wanted it to be. I wanted it to, you know, speak to somebody who doesn't have a lot of time and who does feel overwhelmed and it's just, you know, wants a easy, accessible way to, to eat healthier and and take care of themselves better. Perfect. And can they find that on Amazon or your website? Yeah. So, um, you can go to my website. There's a tab that's called book and you can click there and then you can see, um, where you can buy it. It's on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble, um, books a million. It's on iBooks. Um, and it's, it's available as an ebook. It's available in paperback. Um, so it's pretty much almost everywhere. If you, if you, um, go to my website or you can Google it also. Perfect. Uh, and then wrapping up, I always like to finish with a weekly challenge to the listeners. And then when I have guests on, I have you guys throw out a weekly challenge to everyone. So what would you like that challenge to be this week? The challenge this week is to try one new vegetable green that you've never tried before. Love it. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And it will be, you know, like well, kind of starting to transition into some spring vegetables, maybe. So you can kind of find something new, maybe at the grocery store. I don't know if there, there's not quite farmer's markets in Minnesota in March quite yet, but you know, maybe if you're in California, I don't know when they have farmer's market, but maybe it's a little earlier there or year round. here. Do you? Oh man. I mean, it gets smaller in the cold weather. It's not as big as it is in the warm weather, but the Union Square, I live a couple blocks away from Union Square in New York City and farmer's markets up there Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. 
Perfect. See, maybe that, maybe it's the Midwest where you're not. Although I think there, I read that there was one in St. Paul, but I just haven't, I haven't been to it because they said it's quite small. So I'm not sure what produce they even have, but if anyone knows, and they're in the Minneapolis, St. Paul area, let me know. And I can make sure I pass on the information, but thank you so much, Marissa. It's been a pleasure talking to you and I hope everyone goes out there, checks out your book and, um, you know, enjoys reading it and learning about your story. Thanks. It's so great to be here. Thank you so much. And everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power. Thank you so much for listening to the Peaceful Power podcast. And if you want more information about today's show, head on over to andreaclawson.com, where you can also find my free guide to working out for your body type. And if you haven't already, I would love it if you could rate and review the show over on iTunes and share it with any of your friends that you think would benefit from hearing the Peaceful Power message. Thanks again, and go out there and spread your peaceful power.